You're listening to Excellence Above Talent, a podcast where we have the hard conversations about the lives of men and what leads us to achieve greatness and suffer defeat. Hear from other men's journeys as well, as we all learn and grow together to become inspirations to ourselves and those around us. And now your host, Aaron Thomas. What's up, my beautiful people? Aaron Thomas with Excellence Above Talent. It has been a while. When I say a while, it's been about three months. Three months of me not putting out a podcast, even though I wanted to stay consistent. But the last three months have been, it's been crazy. I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. I wanted to die. It seems very dramatic, but um, that's kind of what my mindset was at. I didn't want to commit suicide. I wasn't finding ways or looking for ways to die, but I just wanted to go to sleep and not wake up. And I know that I'm not the only one that sometimes go through these type of emotions, this type of just, you know, mentally, emotionally just feeling overwhelmed. I am still heartbroken, and that's probably one of the reasons why I was feeling the way I was feeling. And it's not heartbreaking or heartbroken over the divorce because I had a lot of I had a, I had a lot to play in that role as to why I am divorced. So there wasn't you know I was heartbroken, but I you know I was I was getting over it or I had gotten over it, but. There's a second heartbreak that no one really talks about, and it involves the family. You just don't know how much you've invested into that other person's family until you you step out of it. And the people in her family, understandably, uh, hasn't really, you know, there wasn't been, there hasn't been a lot of like reaching out, talking. If you know, if I see them, it's it's kind of like ignoring. And I, I guess that hurts. I, I didn't know how much that would hurt until it happened. I sit on a board with a family member of my ex-wife's, and I saw her, and I was like, hey, how are you? And I walked up to give her a hug, and it, the hug was cold. I don't think she really wanted to hug me. And I wasn't in that mindset to think of anything other than, like, hey, I know you. I haven't seen you as, you know, in, in a couple of months. I hope you're doing well. Uh, but what I got back was like, Ugh, don't touch me, get off me. I don't like you. And that happened in October. And that kind of sent me down that downward spiral. I started thinking about like, damn, like, like I understand, you know, we, me and Erica didn't work out, but the love that I had for that family, that it's not gonna go away. And it hasn't gone away. I still love her family, right? But it was one of those things where I had to, you know, come to that acceptance of, like, like they don't love you or they don't like you anymore, and so you just have to, like, move on as well, too. And that sucked. And so that kind of hit me very hard because I, I loved her family. We had a lot of experiences, mostly good, 
some bad, but at the end of the day, like, like once you're in like that circle for me, you're in that circle. Like if I say I love you, I love you, and it's to death. And some people, when they say they love you, it's until you piss somebody off, and then that love is now gone. And so I think I had a hard time accepting the fact that I had to also divorce the family too. Like if I see them in the streets, I will say hey to them, but there there won't be like a like a catching up. Like I I understand that now, but it took me you know a while, and it kind of sent me in this like this negative spiral of of questioning why do anything for anyone because if you piss them off or if you fail as a human being, which you are going to do, it gives people the right to hang you to dry, to look down upon you, to judge you, knowing that they're also going to go through something of this nature. It might not be to the extent, but there's going to be extent. There's going to be times where you hurt someone that you love. There's going to be times where you're trying to figure out your life and you're taking someone down this this path. There's going to be times. And I did not know how to process those judgmental feelings that they had towards me. I also didn't know how bad that would hurt. And it hurt pretty bad. Another reason why these last three months has kind of put me on edge, you know, had me wanting just to give up and quit, is no one tells you how bad growing sucks. It sucks. Getting up each and every day, trying to find your weaknesses, putting them on putting them on a platter, looking through them, picking out the things that you want to try to fix and you want to try to be better at. It takes a lot. Discipline, consistency, inspiration, motivation. Like every day, it has to be something that you are forcing yourself to do. And my weakness or some of my weaknesses, you know, But the main one that I'm trying to focus on now is becoming more pure sexually because it's easy to be impure sexually. There's porn, there's there's lusting, there's, you know, sex. There's just a lot of things that can make a man impure sexually. And I'm looking back on my life and understanding that a lot of the drama, if not most of my drama that has occurred in my life was around something sexual. And I'm in some drama, not now, but potentially could be in some drama. Uh, and it has nothing to do with kind of where I'm going in my life. And so I have to now pay attention to what I want and not just do things because I feel like doing them. And it's a very hard thing to do if you haven't done it before in your life. If I've never checked why I did the things I did, and now I'm starting to check why I'm doing the things I'm doing, and you start to peel back those layers, there's a lot of monsters in those closets you have to face. There's a lot of demons that you try to ignore that you can't ignore anymore. Growing forces you to face the demons in your life. I'll say it again. Growing forces you to face the demons in your life. And some of those demons are nasty because you have to then now go down that path of how did it get here? 
in order to figure out how you can remove it from your life. I wish there was an easier way of just making something just poof and disappear, trauma or pain, and there isn't an easier way. You have to go down that path and figure out where this trauma is coming from, where this pain is coming from, why am I doing the things that I'm doing. And that process isn't a fun process. It takes a toll on your body. And so for the last three months, trying to figure that out on top of wanting to quit because life is difficult, but also motivated because I am talking to these kids and I know that they're struggling. I know that they're going through what I'm going through as an adult. And as an adult, I know how hard it is for me. So as a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, trying to figure out life on top of school and parents and everything else, I know it's hard for them. And so that's really been what has helped me continue moving forward in this process of figuring myself out. Another thing I can do that I'm very good at doing is I can act like everything is okay. So as a person who has been to war, someone who has been blown up, someone who who has been shot at, who has seen things that human beings shouldn't see. I know how to go through life acting like everything's okay. I can smile on your face and be hurting and be broken. I can smile on your face and want to quit. I have become very good at doing that. And I know it's, it's not a good thing to do because we need help. All human beings need help. And it's not okay to try to hide and act like everything's okay when it's not. But I don't trust people. Or it's not that I don't trust people. I'm afraid to trust people. So I don't. And I'll give you a little bit of what you need to know, but not the whole story. I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me. And I think that's the biggest thing in my life. I don't want anyone feeling sorry for me. To the point where like, I would rather die than to have someone feel sorry for me. Like that's how big it is for me. And I think that's one of the reasons why I have a hard time trusting people. Because if I trust you and I tell you something vulnerable and you feel sorry for me, that will break me. I do not want you to feel sorry for me. If you want to help me through this process, let's help me through. But feeling sorry for me, feeling sorry for me does nothing for me. And it kind of, it makes me feel like crap. I'm just a weird one. And so I've been struggling with a lot of, a lot of things this past uh, three months. But I don't want to just talk about, like, it's, it's, it's been a struggle, yes. But there's also been blessings that have happened in these three months, too, that have helped me keep pushing forward and that has helped me to not give up and to not quit, right? And anytime I start to have this feeling of over being overwhelmed, wanting to quit, just I don't care about life, I start to go back to my old ways, drinking, partying, sex, porn. And if I was already in a downward spiral, it sends me into a dark place. And having been there before, you know how dangerous it can be. And so you're fighting your way back out of that place because you know if you stay there long, you're not only going to screw up your life, you're going to screw up the people's lives that you are in. You're going to be hurtful. You're going to cause pain because you're in pain. 
because, because I'm in pain and because I'm hurting. And so I know it's not a good place to be. And so you, you work your way out of it as, as fast as possible because now it's not about, you know, it's, it's about you and protecting you, but it's also about protecting the people that's in your life. And then on top of that, I've had people, you know, moms and, you know, calling me like, hey, you know, mentor my son. And I'm like, bro, you don't, you don't even understand. Like, I don't, I don't feel worthy is my thought process. I don't feel worthy to be able to sit at the table with your son and tell him about life. And because I don't feel worthy, because I don't feel enough, I don't. So it was a struggle when people are, and it's not just one. Y'all, there's a lot. There's a lot of people that have been asking me about mentorship. And the crazy part is I'm very good and mentoring like young men because how I'm talking and speaking to y'all on this podcast is how I speak to these kids. I don't sugarcoat anything. I understand. I understand that they're struggling and they're going through it and that some people will try to act like they've never gone through it or they're not even going through it to this day. And we know that that's not true. We know that as human beings, we're going to be struggling with something in our lives. It might not be what I'm struggling with, but there's something that you're struggling with. And what I'm struggling with and what you're struggling with doesn't make it a difference. It's still a struggle. And I have conversations about this struggle. I am a great, or I'm a good, I'm not going to say great, calm, calm down, A.A. Ron. I am a good mentor. I know what to say, when to say it, how to say it. And I've, I've had success in, in my life dealing with uh, kids. And I also know what it is that God is calling me to do. And I think it's starting to feel real. And in these last three months, I have been running from what I need to do. And so on top of everything that I've been feeling and going through and trying to figure out, there's this pressure of you have to start a mentor program. Doesn't have to be a big one. Five to seven young men. You can find people that sponsor them. 16 weeks. Pour all you have into these kids. Have fun doing it at the same time. And I'm fighting that because I'm thinking about everything else besides just operating in my gifts. I'm thinking about where am I going to get the money from? What location? What building? How am I picking up these kids? Will I have you know, someone else that'll be with me, working with me with these kids. What does that look like? How does that look like? There's just all of these things pop into your head and it becomes overwhelming. And on top of that, you have mothers calling you saying, do you have a program? Can you mentor my son? And on top of that, not feeling like I'm worthy enough or that I'm not enough to mentor their son. What do they see in me? So these past three months, have been a bad toll, a mental battle, because I know what I want to do. I know what I need to do. It's about down putting forth the effort to do it and letting what plays out plays out, but at least do my part and play my role, right? So I don't know. There might be somebody not going through the exact same thing I'm going through, but life has overwhelmed them. They're trying to figure out 
the steps to take in order to help them live their best life. I'll tell you this, without the gym, without volunteering and consciously giving back to the community, without school, because on top of that, I went back to school. So this was my first semester. So it was just, again, it was just, there was a lot. Without school, without the gym, without consciously giving back to my community, I do not know that I would be sitting here today. And so I know that that has been something that has helped me out tremendously. And then there has been people in my life that would just check in every so often. And that feels good. That feels good to the person who is always checking in on everyone else, who's pouring into everyone else, who's trying to make sure everyone else is good and taken care of, to have someone check in on him or, or on them. It makes them feel some, it makes them feel good. It makes them feel love. And that's something that I need to start doing more of as a person, checking in on the people that's in my life, just calling them and saying that I love them and that they're doing a good job. But if I didn't have those hobbies, if I didn't have those things that I was consciously getting up and doing each and every day, like I just don't know where I would be right now in my life. And in church is also something that I've really fallen back into in a, a bigger way. So the gym, church, volunteering, going back to school has really helped center my life while still feeling and doing all the crazy things that I'm feeling and all the crazy things that I'm doing. You know, those things help me come back to the center. And I'm not done doing crazy things. I'm not done making dumb decisions. Pretty sure I'm going to make some more of them. But what I do know is I would rather make dumb decisions trying to live my best life than to not make no decisions at all because I'm scared to live life. So I'm in this process of just I'm going to do and I'm not going to care what anyone says or think about me. I'm just going to do and I'm going to do and I'm going to do. And from out of that doing Whatever comes from that, that is what it is. And if nothing comes from it, then I'll stop doing that and start doing something else. But all I know is, as a man in my life, I just can't be sitting still. And there has been, there was a lot of sitting still and thinking that happened this last three months. Not a lot of doing. And I now know that I can think until I'm blue in the face. If I don't put actions to my thoughts. I'm not going to feel good about my life because I know what I should be doing and I'm not doing it. I'm only thinking about it. So your boy is back. We're going to be putting out these, uh, this podcast weekly. We're going to have guests, a young man that, that I've worked with, uh, super proud of him. He came from Florida with nothing and now he is a, he has a good paying job and he's doing, you know, great Great things, right? Single dad has a kid. You know, he's taking care of the kid, and uh, he has really made an impression on me. So I'm going to be trying to get him next week for sure so we can just sit down and kind of have that conversation of how he got to where he is. Uh, so, yeah, I'm back. we here, ready to make it happen. And, you know, hopefully the ones that listen to the podcast, I hope you stayed. <laughs> You know, and hopefully we get new people to come in and 
Join the conversation. Let's find ways to be better as human beings, as men in our society. So if anyone hasn't told you today that they love you, let me be the first to say I love you. You're awesome. You're amazing. You deserve the best that this world has to offer. Do not give up. Do not quit. The world does not get easier, but you get stronger. Y'all be blessed. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And for daily motivational and up-to-date content, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Excellence Above Talent. And remember, keep moving forward, never give up, and you are never alone in this battle. We'll see you next time.